down know nothing podcast focusing on the bare naked ladies that's right whether they make you delighted or furious from jerome to curious we're it's all been done the podcast a more than ordinary co-host it's evan you ought to try i told you so it feels so good it's my co-host saker that sucks it feels good for like half of a second and then you see the hurt on the other person's face and it no longer feels good I guess. Does it? I don't know. If you like the other person, I suppose. Oh, sure. Oh, saying I told you so to somebody you dislike. Yeah, that's some uh, uh, food of the gods. Ambrosia. That's some, that's some sweet treats. <laughs> that's some sweet treats. What was Ambrosia was the food of the gods. What was the drink of the gods? Was it nectar? Uh, yeah, I think it's a uh, juice. I think it's uh, a <laughs> ocean, juicy, ocean juicy. spray cranberry. Cran, <laughs> cranberry. <pear. laughs> <laughs> absolutely yeah, they oh kept, boy uh, they oh, boy. kept that and then like wasn't it like uh, um who was the guy who stole the juice from the gods brought uh, it to mankind and then uh, he was juice metheus juice metheus and he was uh condemned to uh just you know like in a cafeteria they just put him underneath one of those like uh hotel lobby juice machines and then yeah. um anyone who comes by can press the button and cover mm-hmm. him with sticky juice do you ever yeah. do you ever do that like a like a juice prank, like a like something with hmm. one of those juices. Like I, I was thinking, like just like the the thought of getting sticky. I remember um, I never did this, but people at my summer camp used to do this. Um, that I worked at was you would take a like a Jolly Rancher, and then you would unscrew the shower head, and then you would put the Jolly Rancher in the shower head and screw it back on. And the next person who took the shower, nothing they wouldn't under they wouldn't know what was happening while it was happening. But what happens is you get sprayed with like sugar water. Uh, the whole yeah. time and it doesn't it's no different than regular water while you're taking the shower but afterwards you're like just very sticky for the re- oh like- <laughs> god what a nightmare scenario well you just go take another no. shower basically is the is the solution so it's a, oh. as far as pranks go it's relatively harmless um it is it is sort of a gaslighting though i mean that man is sticky and he's wondering what the fuck is wrong with him maybe he thinks he has a disease maybe he thinks oh, it wasn't the men who did this it was the women the women did this women don't play pranks Oh, yeah, they get even. They get even. <laughs> exactly. Women don't get mad, they get even. Uh, Told you so. Feels yeah. so goo. <laughs> I've never played a... Uh, you know, the, the the phrase juice prank sounds strange to me, but then I was thinking milk prank doesn't sound strange at all. I think a milk prank is a thing that people can play all the time. Butter prank. Right? A what? What's a, a water prank? What's a milk pr- I said butter prank, but what's a, milk, oh, what's a prank. milk prank to you? Like One time my sister, when I was little, my sister was 11 years older than me, so she was probably 17, I was probably 6, and she said, will you get me a glass of milk from the fridge? And I said, yeah, and I poured her a glass of not our 2%, but my dad's buttermilk, and I gave it to her, and she drank a sip, and she spat it all out and got so angry at me, I pulled the best milk prank, <laughs> and then her body was all sticky for days. <laughs> she never understood. She went to the doctor. Uh, yeah, that's a milk prank. That's a delicious, easy milk prank. Got it. Okay. <laughs> what other kind of pranks can you do? Are there other what's a what's a beer prank? A beer prank would be like I don't know, um, switching someone's beer. I, I'm just not. Okay. I'm not thinking a good like beer prank. Uh, beer prank is I think when you like slap your beer on top of their beer and oh, then it, yeah, fizzes it fizzes up. up right? Yeah, that's that's, that's yeah. a really shitty thing to do though. It is kind of a shitty thing. To, I also I don't understand chemically what's happening there. Or just, or I guess I think it's just physically. the jostling of the uh, the carbonated beverage. Oh the, really? The, that's the type it? of carbonation. Well, you jostle it, and you also keep it in a little, like you're you're covering the top so the beer can't get out. So it's sure. it's uh, foaming up really quickly. 
I feel like that takes a lot of manual dexterity to be the pranker in that situation because you have to hit it perfect, not hard enough that you're going to hurt anybody. You want to shatter the bottle. No, you, that would that's a real party foul. Um, yeah, I don't know. Being a pranker is usually a... Being a pranker is a very impressive... Takes a lot of dexterity, a lot of charisma, a lot of intelligence, all the D and D stats. I don't think so, man. I think being a pranker <laughs> just takes a lot of like disregard. Like I feel like For, pranks in and of like if you are someone who plays pranks on people, like other than like on April Fool's Day, because I, I mean I've been in offices where people got really into April Fools, um, and uh, we did things like uh, you pry off all the keys on someone's keyboard and switch them all around. Oh and, god! Well, the thing was the uh, the woman was a touch typer. So yeah. um, she w- basically continued working for a week before she even realized the keys were switched. Oh, my God. Oh, right. Oh, okay. Because she okay. never looked at so, the yeah. keyboard. Okay. So. No no harm, no foul. What a smart or you prank. Do, or you do those things where um, you take a screenshot of their background with yeah. all their files on it, and then you just make it their background and put all their files like somewhere else. So sure, they're, they're yeah. like clicking, they they're click clicking on there. Yeah. That was fun. When you removed all the keys from the keyboard, where did you put the space bar? I didn't. I ate it. <laughs> okay. It's gone. Right. It's gone. Sure. She was cool with that. She did not notice. I remember once I threw a party. Um, my partner and I threw, we threw a big party and we went and we got probably 30 pounds worth of like packing peanuts uh-huh. and we put them, we emptied a closet out and we filled it to the brim with packing peanuts and then we shut Fun. the closet door and then we just put a sign on that said, do not open. <laughs> and uh, that's a great prank and then someone you know throughout the party you know as the night we're on somebody finally opened the door and got covered in packing peanuts it was wow a... who and then you knew that they were untrustworthy they yes, were the yeah betrayer. and then i w- i am not friends with them anymore to this day judas yep. yeah i'm like okay, get out of, get out of my house <laughs> uh i think i've only ever pulled one prank in my lifetime is that sad no it's, it's actually well, it you're probably a pretty good person i like more I, like I mean, whimsical pranks Right. Yeah, my prank was well. There was the milk prank, yeah. but uh, the famous, the the infamous milk prank, prank worldwide. Um, on April Fool's Day, I filled the front of my dad's shoes with paper, <laughs> and so when he put them on, he thought they were too small for him. That was my big, my big prank, and then it took him one second to like figure gaslighting out. Gaslighting your dad, he's like, my feet yeah. grew overnight. <laughs> for some reason, I imagine your dad is like Watto from uh, Phantom Menace. He did raise me to be. Uh, See, we've had this discussion before. He raised me to be a podcaster. A pod- he thought that. Yes. <laughs> yeah, he thought it was. Best podcaster in the Alpha Quadrant. This is when I was 27 or 28, I think. I had my little fun idea to uh, to fill my daddy's shoes with paper. Was he mad? Uh, no, he was. Also, I was like seven. I oh, okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. It's like a, um, I, don't mind a, I don't mind a good whimsical prank. You know, a no harm, yeah. no foul prank. But uh, Sure. I think pranks can get mean. Well, I'm trying to, because they're senior pranks, right? Those can get mean. Like, yeah. just like, those are like destructive. Our, our school did not have a senior prank. Did yours? Uh, it, I may have. I went to a big high school. And yeah, so like, there were, there were a whole, you know, subcultures in my high school that I was 100% unaware of. Like I was, sure. and I was 100% checked out by the end of my senior year. I mean, they, sure. they would like buy car, like really shitty, like $200 cars and drive them around and like decorate them and do all sorts of weird stuff. And I, I bet there were pranks and stuff, but. You know, I was just never really tapped into that, like, senioritis thing. God. You know what sounds like fun Hmm. is buying a shitty $200 car and then just going full Street Fighter on it. 
Just getting a bunch of friends together. And then just like kicking it and punching it. Just beating the shit out of Get, it. Doesn't that sound fun? Breaking your, breaking your hands, breaking your feet. <laughs> Jumping up and down on the on the top of it. it. It does sound fun, but at the same time, then you're just stuck with a car you have to like call a tow, yeah, a tow truck to get rid of like what are you gonna do with yeah. that car <laughs> you're right the 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 resolution of that prank is not the uh the best oh it's not a prank also i forgot yeah. we're not we've moved on from pranks i oh man that sounds like a great fuck that's unless a great you were, unless you got a uh, um like a two like say one of your friends drives like a, a honda or some some really cheap beater car you just got a $200 version of their car and you're like, hey, John, I know you like your car so much and like tape, like just smash it up and beat it up. But you're not actually sure. beating up his car. You're beating up a version of it or something. I like that. That sounds that's a fun like, you know, sometimes you can walk into a party with 100 chicken nuggets and people will be like, whoa, that's so much fun. That's so cool. Is like if you know, if, if I'm throwing my annual Halloween party and I say, all right, everybody, at the stroke of midnight, I, I stand on a chair and I say, everyone, there's a $200 car outside. We're all going to go hit it. <laughs> like, it's not a, a pre-planned event. It's like part of a bigger event. Now, that sounds like fun, like that's a good way. It? That's a good way to get the police called on you. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Like that is 40 true. 40 people in Halloween costumes come out and just <laughs> smash a car in a cul-de-sac. Uh, the theme at, of the party midnight. that year is Street Fighter 2. Also, mm-hmm. just to add, oh man, that would be so much fun. Ebbo, speaking of pranks, Ed really pulled a prank on us today by calling yet another song, This Song is Shitty. (laughs) I love when he does this. Uh, Let's talk about this week's song. The song this week is called Ordinary, and if you've never heard it before, here's a quick sample. Don't you know we lost Sunk so low we just called it off How an ordinary So again, Ev, we have another song where the song is named Garbage Ass. Um, and sometimes Garbage Ed ass. follows follows through with these, and sometimes he likes to betray our expectations. Mm-hmm. In this case... This is the truest, I think, representation of this song, is the word ordinary. Uh, what do you think? I'm, I'm, you know, tipping my hand a little bit, but were you into this song? You know, I, it really grew on me. Like, wow. I, at first I was like, eh. And then it, I mean, I, by grew on me, I mean, I went from not hate, not liking it to kind of liking it. Um, sure. You know, like some songs are sort of more of like feeling than substance. And I feel like this is one of, this is one like yeah and i really liked like the i mean like the country jangle pop um not a bad riff and then sort of almost folksy harms really really got it in for me okay um and but when i when i pulled this up on youtube it came on in a mix right before margaritaville so (laughs) i'm like okay i think i think i know where this is wow i wonder if that's the audience for ordinary is the the parrot heads ordinary doesn't have an audience again this is another like the bnl (laughs) account has like 1000 views and 50 of those are you and i yeah for sure um yeah this one for me was very much a a a pre-chorus and a chorus in search of a song Mm. Like, I thought the chorus and pre-chorus stuck out to me. They were so much the believe me part followed Mm -hmm. by the uh, it's come undone. Those are so cool. That was a ton of fun. It was a blast. 
but yeah, the rest of the song is truly just like yeah. It almost had like uh, a like the chorus pre-chorus almost had like a monsters and men like lumineers feel to it. Like you expect it to be like, it's come undone. Hey, yeah, kind of. I could definitely hear that. they're aiming for a lot of the time on this album is like let's let's aim for the lowest common denominator sort of pop sensibility which is fun and fine but like but at the same time they had it had a real um like a 70s folk vibe like that fought to buy the whole neighborhood like where they do that like that is a that's like a hundred percent from like a carpenter's song or yeah fought by the whole neighborhood like a Simon and Garfunkel sort of jam. Yeah. And so yeah, they, I, I feel like this is in the previous week's song, I really hated that they like that um Jim went back to his seventies roots in a bad way. And this one I mm-hmm. feel like they're going back to their seventies roots and kind of updating them for a modern sensibility. Uh whether that succeeds or fails is, you know, sort of up for debate. But uh yeah. I think that I think this one landed for me, but it's like when it, wow. it didn't stick the landing. It's like one of those where they land and they, they jiggle around a little bit and they kind of do a little hop, but they stay sure. they, they keep their feet together. I Usually you can still, if, if the routine was impressive, you can give them like a seven. I don't know. That's That seems rather high for this song though. Well, the routine is, I guess, what we're about to talk about. Well, it's like they, um, stick, actually, they stick the landing and then they go on Twitter and post something racist. Okay. <laughs> Got it. Okay. They tweet something. So, they make a racist tweet. A, a, a song that you love, but you want to hate. Sure, got it. Uh, but it's okay. We have to separate art from artists. Embrace, yeah. <laughs> embrace, embrace the art. Like, yeah, Don't I mean, do that. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, racists can be talented artists. Oh uh, boy, oh them, boy. Though. How were we all okay with Cho Chang? How were we all okay with Cho Chang as a name, <laughs> as a concept? It's very, like, very, very borderline, isn't it? Yeah, I guess. Okay. All yeah, right. I, I don't so. know. Maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong here. I mean, that's it's a name, right? It's her name. I guess it's just a very very. Ugh, it, it feels almost silly in a lot of ways. Like that would be the the first name that you would think of when you thought of an Asian character. If you knew nothing about Asian culture, would be Cho Chang. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong here. Um, but according maybe... to Reddit, it says Cho Chang is Cho Chang Chinese. The name belongs to a character from Harry Potter. Several people say it's a nonsensical name for a Scottish citizen of Chinese descent. Okay, I like All right. that the sources are better. several people. Several people. It's like fucking Donald hey. Trump. You know, some people are saying <laughs> everybody. Everybody says. Everybody says it's the best name. Uh, well, what's your best Trump impression? I did a really bad one there. Um, I don't really do a Trump impression because it, it makes me like. Here's my best Trump impression. I start to talk like him, and then I like like a little bit of a little bit of a vomit <laughs> comes up my throat. <laughs> sure, sure. You you cosplayed as Eric Trump. Yeah, but that was when we were all we all thought that it was a big joke, and uh, like our privilege shielded us from having to see the horror of you know white betrayal of America. Well, not white betrayal of America. White uh, betrayal of like collectivist America. Did 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 we not know it from square one when he started when his campaign promise was uh to for the wall? Yeah, I mean, yeah, we thought it was fucking. We're like, I remember thinking this is so goddamn ridiculous that right. there is no possible way that anyone would elect him. Like, it doesn't make any sense for them to have done this. And so, I just remember waking up the election day. I made numerous bets with people. I was oh I, sure. I cost, Trump's election cost me like five hundred dollars and like whiskey Jesus. and dinners and things like that. 
and like i remember just waking up like after election day and being just gobsmacked like totally yeah. dumbfounded like how could this happen but you know yeah, what I, it was all there i was just too privileged and blind to see it for sure well there are a lot of uh, shadow shadow voters what do they call themselves people who are too ashamed to say it but they were the shitheads voting for him the shitheads that's yeah. that's the word i was looking for thank you uh um, deplorables yeah yeah <laughs> I remember saying to my dad, in, <laughs> truly, I think Donald Trump is my father's curse, uh, in one of his last days uh, when it was the Republican primaries were still happening. And I said, you know, out of like Rubio and Cruz and Trump, you know, who are you thinking? And, he, you know, if, if you had to gun to your head, mm-hmm. choose one. And he was like, no, never. I, I wouldn't even do it. And I was like, you know, I think that like because Rubio and Cruz, we know they're evil. Like they're they're just like bad. Their ideas are regressive. Mm-hmm. Trump seems like a wild card to me. Like it would be it would be maybe he would be like you know trying to appeal to everyone. Maybe he would be no. I mean his wild cardness was just like I'm going to not even stick to the GOP. I'm going to be so evil, which is so wild. But I mean, but. And Trump was a Democrat for longer yeah, than he's long been time. a Republican. Yeah, yeah. Not that he was yeah. a good Democrat. Not that no. There might even be good Democrats. I don't know. Fucking leftists are. Uh, I'm getting. Uh, I'm getting radicalized, man. Yeah. Well, oh, fucking fucking liberals. Leftists are good. Liberals are bad. I know. Um, leftists are the ones radicalizing me. Oh, sure, 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 sure. Of course. Um, let's go back to the. Let's talk about that that line you mentioned. Let's go. Fought let's to talk buy about ordinary. Yeah. Fought, fought to buy the whole neighborhood. Um. So what was your? Let's let's go lyrically into this song. Mm-hmm. I don't know what this song is about. I tried to figure it out. Fought to buy the old neighbor. Fought to buy the whole neighborhood was the 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 line that confounded me the most. But the song, on its own, was just confounding in general. Mm-hmm. Did you have a general read for this? I sort of had for one. The song as a whole. Yeah, it's a bad boyfriend song, but like it's Ed's version of a bad boyfriend song. So it's, he's not like he's not a piece of. Sh- I mean, he's kind of a piece of shit, but he's not like right. He's not like a self-loathing sack of like remorse that Steve's is. Like this is this is a guy who, um, it for me it was like maybe like a like a band dude realize or somebody like an actor or something like that or a rich a Richie or like a Mark a Martin Shkreli sort of character like a failed tech right. bro who had like money and you know let his job consume him and realizing that now he has money and fame but it's cost him everything that really matters so he's like oh yeah you want you want a big house i'll buy you the whole neighborhood you want this you want that i'll get it for you interesting and like um and she's like i don't really want that i just want you and sort of thing like that yeah so i think that it's like yeah it's just him like saying oh man i fucked it all up so i think i think you do have a point there and i think it is a fuck up song but i think ed's version of a bad boyfriend song is a song about steve I think we're going to see <laughs> loops and loops and loops of songs about Steve. And I think he tries to um, sort of mask it a little bit on this song by adding like a more than ordinary woman's the cost. Because I think just like our friend uh, uh, Jean-Marc said a couple episodes ago, I think this might have been, you know, a song where, you know, let's change lover to brother. I think in this one, it's brother to lover. Right. Mm. Um, and I, I do think this might be uh because each stanza to me felt wildly different. The first stanza, like, there's a guy who's deep in a depression. He says something he can't take back, which alienates him from a loved one, maybe. The second one is like, I wanted to have it all. I fucked up. Like, please be smug about it. It would make me feel better if you were mean. And the third one is like, it's hard to sing some songs now because the memory of what happened was so powerful, right? So right. in combination, like, one of them said something bad. They were too greedy. Maybe this is a, a song about Big Bang royalties, right? Mm-hmm. And now Ed can only play a handful of songs without him. can only play a handful of songs 
I don't I I because it's hard because I don't want I don't want to just generalize and say this is gonna be the anti-Steve album. But I kinda think it that's what this album is going to be. Just Well, I feel like uh, if anybody if anybody's gonna write an anti-Steve song, it's gonna be Ed. Because I feel like I mean the other boy like especially like Jim's been around the whole time, but like mm-hmm. I feel like Ed and Steve were the closest, especially with regards to like, I mean, because you know, they're they're writing all the songs together and sure. that sort of shit. So I feel like sure. they're I mean, they were the core of the of BNL, and now you know, St- now we're in the PPE. It just kind of, uh, it's kind of floundering, yeah. and you know, we'll see if he, yeah. uh, how he how he lands. And I mean, yeah, like I said, this, I didn't think this was bad. I yeah, I see, and this is, and I brought this up last week as well with on the lookout. This song is just so like fine to me. Mm-hmm. There is nothing remarkable, nothing interesting. Like it's it's an it's an unremarkable, un uh, unobtrusive. You know, it does not offend me. Unoffensive, inoffensive song, but it's just like it's a song. Like have a, have another song. I don't know. Like I I do see what you're saying with the the seventies sort of riffs and stuff, but it just didn't. There was nothing in this song that stood out and caught me and made me like you know, stand straight up like I do with every Bare Naked Lady song. I whip away from my headphones you and my st- computer. You stand straight up and put your hand over your heart. <laughs> I pledge allegiance. Um, yeah. Uh, boy, did you hear the BNL boys uh, singing Oh Canada before the uh, NHL game the other day? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I tuned right into that. Do you not follow them on every social media and <laughs> watch no, I, uh, every video I like they post? To, I like to keep my uh, experience pure as the driven snow, so I don't like to... Per- like pervert my uh the medium of my um inculcation in the bnl catalog with any sort of admixture of outside social media influences good fucking lord you just sold me on whatever you were trying to sell yeah see that's, <laughs> that's, that's a, it's an old grad school trick use <laughs> a lot just of say, big words tell the other person you sound up. smart yeah, i don't know what absolutely. you said but you sure sounded smart <laughs> like, that's a... the inculcation of mastication um yeah, there was was there any part of the song that stuck out to you as specifically bad? There's one part that that this song maybe could have been slightly upper than than middle, but mm-hmm. it dragged it back down. Was there any part that stood out to you as, as especially bad? I, there was definitely not bad per se, but there's like uh there's parts that I think I could have improved drastically. Okay, like all right, the chorus like believe me, like I like that. After I mean, but yeah, after that they should have had like a single sad trumpet or a flugelhorn for the riff mm-hmm. after that. But instead, you get Kevin going. it's just like splooping on the piano like yeah this song this song was inhabited by a ghost you have kev's like very ghostly possession there um and then like uh the the very weird breathy pads on have another look around where it's like mm. ha, 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 ha. Yeah. <laughs> it's like just ve- it's interesting and sometimes interesting is as good as we can get like i can deal with that i like that but it was inhuman it gave this weird like otherworldly <laughs> quality to the song i thought have another look another look around have another look around it felt funky to me. They made a deal with the devil that. to make the perfect album. Uh, but the thing is, the devil's not really that good at music. Sure, sure. Well, then did he really fulfill? They don't have to give their souls away. They yeah. just came up with a mediocre yeah, the album. The devil just wanted to to get an album out in the world. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like, you know what? But, Y'all keep your souls. God, this makes me... 
listening to this song and thinking about this album as a whole makes me wonder like what did I what did I put as the lowest Brandon Ladies album? Our men, I think, right? Yeah. I don't I wonder if this is because we've had some interesting songs. Summertime was good. Four seconds was interesting. Like I don't Wait, I, just no, you don't, put our, I think you put our me, didn't you? Maybe it was our me. I don't know. I have to listen to them all straight through again when we finish this album. What a nightmare that's going to be. Uh, I don't know. This is just, it's, it's been a weird wonky roller coaster of an album so far. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. The, here, here's the part that annoyed me beyond measure. The end of the song, we start jamming. We have this great solo <laughs> and the song is like fucking taken off. And every time I heard it, I found myself bopping and like having a good time. Slopping and, and plopping. I was cropping. You I was out plopping. in the fields. I was, yeah. Um, I was jalopping, driving my $200 car down the <laughs> road. Um, but then instead of building and building to something really cool, it slows <laughs> down. It pulls back and ends. No, no, it, it's like the battery ran out on Jim or something. Like, oh, fuck. They we got to replace. Yeah. What? Was that song about Jim Cregan? <laughs> It's just starting to get fun. It drives me bananas every time I hear this song, how badly they fucked up the ending. Uh, man, it made me very, very angry. Um, because I do I do think this song has a lot of potential. And I don't... It even feels unnatural to me as a listener. I can't imagine how it felt to play it. Am I alone in this? You're a musician. Uh, I don't know. I mean, tempo markings in music are a thing. So it's not unusual <laughs> to speed up and slow down. Yeah, okay, but in this song specifically, I don't know. There was something about it that just struck me wrong. I don't know, I guess. Um, but we do have a lot of really cool, um, I think, instrumental stuff. I, I'm, just in general, we have an interesting combination mm -hmm. of instruments here. I love when Ed hops on that banjo, uh, if, if that is what it is. Maybe it's a mandolin. Maybe it's something going on. Um, but uh, I love the, the strumming acoustic sort of country feel. Mm -hmm. Um but I am glad that it does evolve beyond that sort of proof of concept at the beginning. Like a full country song at this point in the album would have driven me nuts. I think a full country song almost always drives you, drives you nuts. You're like one of those yeah. people who hate rap and country, right? That's me. More like crap and country. That's what I call it. Um, I tr You know, I'm not a... Country without the O. I got gotcha. you. That's correct. <laughs> Took me longer than it should have. Uh, without the R, too. Why Why bother? <laughs> hey, country without the or, baby. Um, this, I'm not a everything but country and rap guy, but boy, oh boy, I can't think of more than a handful of country songs that I'm actually super into. I like. I guess I, yeah, it is I just the that, genre. Yeah, I, I don't want to poo-poo an entire genre. I think I like country and rap, but I think that uh, for me it's opera. I'm not a ha huge fan of opera. Sure, sure. And then, like, American pops, you know, like, stuff that, like, pops orchestras play. I what, fucking what hate that, that music. Be? I don't know, like, uh, you know, the beef song. <laughs> like, all that fucking, like, orchestral pops music. I just, I think it's because I had to play so much of it back in school. Like, I just sure. fucking hate it now. Oh, my God. Yeah, what is that song called? Rodeo, right? It's called Get On and In It. 
<laughs> Rodeo parentheses, get on internet. Get on um, the internet. <laughs> yeah, boy. I I kind of like that. Like To me, American Pops sounds very kitschy, and I love kitsch. If there's one thing I love, baby, it's kitsch. Give me that like garbage. Stuff me full of shreds. Uh, That's what I want. <laughs> I've just had to sit through so many fucking Pops orchestra performance. Like, Pops in the park. Pops in the... Pops in the garden. Yeah. It's just, and what did you play in orchestra? Were you a cello boy? That's a cellist. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Just don't like it. Yeah. Um, it's like the. It's like the. Um, I don't want to say it's, it's like the Cirque du Soleil of like orchestral music, where it's it appeals to a, a people of a certain type, and uh, yeah. they're like, oh yeah, it's a look, it's a orchestral music, but look, it's young and fresh. So they feel like they're they're getting high art in a in a palatable form because yeah. it's an orchestra. Oh, yeah. that's interesting. But yeah, and I I don't know. I just uh, like NPR's The American Sound is my least favorite program. I don't even know that program. Is it all that? Is it's it all, all that. Yeah. Wow. So I would uh, and again I probably uh, probably anyone could point me to some uh, pops music that's good. I mean, because like, yeah. I guess I guess like soundtrack music is pops music, isn't it? Right. It's like orca- like a John Williams soundtrack is pops I, music technically. I don't. What is the definition of pops? I don't. Is it I just have no popular? fucking idea. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> because it's not it's not just popular music because they're not doing like you know like Lady Gaga and like sure. Yeah. So what the, I've searched for American pops and all I'm getting are pictures of bomb pops, just those like blue, white, and red uh, bomb pops. Uh, yeah. I don't. I the American pops orchestra, American popular music and show tunes. And show tunes. Interesting. Huh. Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, I guess that's, uh, I guess then, yeah, movie movie stuff could be. Yeah. Um, I, I'm kind of curious to get like a sampling of of pop music. If it, it what would be on that list. Um, uh, but we don't have to worry about that right now. Or Boy, ever. If I search for American Pops, of course Funko Pops popped up, correct? Mm-hmm. But what do you think the two first pops are under American pops? Funko pops, pop rocks. No, they're all people. They're both people. I'll give. You, I'll tell you that much. Um, they're just think of the two most Cho, American people you could think of. Cho Chang. That's correct. And and um, Simon Scottish. Simon uh, Cowell from Americans uh, got mumps. Yeah. Americans got mumps. <laughs> Oh, those the two most American people that you know would probably be Guy Fieri and Ruth Bader Ginsburg. I would imagine mm. if you had to define two people. You know, both of them. Yeah, both of them are. Um, I would say. I would say credible human beings. <laughs> sure. Yeah, I don't. Who's an incredible human being? Like someone who Donald Trump. I okay, can't. Like, I don't believe. Yeah. I don't believe he's a person. <laughs> I sure. have fully dehumanized him. Uh, Squimless Dementio is an incredible human being to me. <laughs> that <laughs> name. Have you ever been to that website? Uh, this person does not exist.com. Nope. That website fucks you up. It's an AI generator that is just scanned 14 million faces. And every time you click refresh, it creates a face out of uh, its AI understanding of what a face is. Mm-hmm. And so none of these people exist. They're just AI creations. But sometimes, sometimes it'll, fuck up a little bit and it'll be like oh that nostril isn't a nostril it's an eyeball so it'll have like two eyes and it'll create another eye next to the nostril with another mouth coming out of the face and like fucking it creates like uh lovecraftian monstrosities sometimes nice it's fun 
Um, okay, big boy, what were the fuck were we talking about? That's right, uh, the the instrumentation on this one. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's a uh, love of the woodblock in the percussion section. Jesus, woodblocks. Play a handful of songs. How that's a pops. That's a pops instrument. Is it really? I don't Maybe know. I would love pops. <laughs> I need to get in on that. Wood blocks and like little those little clackers. And, uh, yeah, the ones where you smack them back and forth like little kid yeah, clappy like, hands. Where you like run? It's like a marimba, but it just like is like a you run a stick down it and it just goes, oh <laughs> oh yeah like washboards something like that. Yeah. Uh, okay. Okay. Now we're talking about the true Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas. That's uh that's that's my shit right there. Oh hell yeah. Um. There's the single piano slam. A mama's barbecue. <laughs> the the piano slam in the pre-chorus with "Believe Me" he goes "Believe Me." <laughs> <laughs> Kev just falling asleep on his old keyboard. music school trick. Just hit every note. <laughs> Believe me. Believe. A couple of them gotta be good. <laughs> you'll you'll hit the right ones. Ooh, if you do everything, you'll do all the good things. I mean, you'll also do all the bad things, but right. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, I thought I stumbled onto some like piece of logic that could <laughs> change my life for a second. <laughs> if I do everything, <laughs> I can't be wrong or right. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, centrism—the most, <laughs> the most fun way to go. <laughs> uh, and Kev just absolutely reaffirming his worth with his uh, harmonies in this song. He's just what an mm-hmm. incredible dude. And then also uh, kind of undermining it by going. <laughs> I again, I liked that he was then, possessed. <laughs> <laughs> I, that had to have been a pad. I think he was just pressing like C E C E, but it was. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I think it was him. I think it was him. It's like a like a uh, straw hat thing where they're just breathing over the. Sure. Uh, except it, it really worked there for me. Do you think it didn't work for you in this one? <laughs> not ne- no, not so much. Yeah, it's not uh, not as not as good as Straw Hat. That's the best uh, best percussive breathing BNL has to offer. <laughs> Do you think something was happening in the studio that caused Kev to breathe like that, and they just got it on record, like uh, in the Roller Coaster of Love song where people are getting murdered in the studio and they recorded it? What? <laughs> Have you ever heard that urban legend? No. Uh, oh, in Roller Coaster of Love, there's a part where they go. Ah! And the old urban legend was that there was a murder in the studio and they caught it and included it on that album for some reason. Would you like your murder to be commemorated in a song or any sort of media? Like, would you would you like that? Like, if you're going out, would you like to be part of it? Would you like it? I mean, again, you're not going to be the focus of it, but you'll you're like death death rattle will be part of some popular song. I'm pretending to think about it when I think unequivocally the answer is yes. Like, absolutely. The longer people remember me the better well you're not going to be remembered but i will be an urban legend they'll go like You'll be an hear, urban legend i hear yeah. some guy named saker died in the studio and then i my memory will live on <laughs> and then I don't know. you'll be you'll be disproven as a person <laughs> oh no saker, nobody named saker ever existed oh i'm an incredible person as they <laughs> say <laughs> uh what, what about you you want to you want to be murdered mm. and remembered for your not remembered if for I'm, your murder. yeah if i'm gonna be murdered i think yeah. i would want that yeah if i have to be murdered I don't know because then like like you your family has to listen to you die over and over again. Oh, that's true. Like every time like the new Red Hot Chili Peppers song comes on. Rick Bandana. Um That's a good point too. I suppose it would be painful. But how do I measure my 
even post-mortem want for attention versus my family's happiness. Right. I mean, your family will be dead in, what, a hundred years? Everyone who knows you will be dead. And that's... And, and people and then, only... And the song will live on longer than that. People only go away when the last person speaks their name and no one will ever forget yeah, the name Red Hot Saker. Chili Peppers, Donnie Oregon will live forever. <laughs> God, oh man, what if they just had us uh, an album with 50 songs, leading off with Danny California, moving to Jimmy Washington. <laughs> <laughs> it's just the same song over and over again yes. with fucking Anthony Kiedis's nonsensical <laughs> vocals. Oh, I, I mean, do love that. It, like, he's like he's got like a spoken word sort of rap. Talk. Oh, very much so. And then also like how much easier and i i've only written a few songs like how much easier would it be to write a song if you don't have to worry about it making sense well, number one you did write an entire musical i will I did, have you yes. know um so i said not many yeah i i think it the answer is much <laughs> i don't think there's even a question here <laughs> like you just pick words simglish right like always, well no, no i mean because you have to use re, you have to use re, you have to use english words but oh, in, in sentences and grammatical structure but okay. they don't have to like there's no there's no through line to the song. You can use you can use rhymes like firstborn unicorn and stuff like that. Sure. Just like, just like stream of consciousness nonsense. Basically yeah. it's the the fill from one week. Uh-huh. <laughs> As a whole song. As a whole song. Every song. Yeah, I guess. I'm yes, that would be easy. And I'm I think there are some people like I mean I, I think of like how easy it is for fucking Sigur Ross when you make up your own dim damn language and you sure. can just say whatever you want. Sure, Yoko Kano does it too. I mean, I think a lot of maybe weed rap does that. Is like they're songs without topics, so they're just like rambling stream of consciousness, like moving from one topic to another. I mean, the sentences are all, of course, grammatically correct mm-hmm. and they make sense, but it's just like just what they're thinking about. Which is—is is that what you're talking about? Yeah, yeah. Okay, because like you don't have to. You can just put any word in, like any sure. any sentence and any sure. rhyme. Sure, <laughs> yeah, that's a lot of fun. And I've always wondered if it was. And again, I only barely speak in one other language, but I always wondered if it's easier to do songs in languages that have like, um, verb the verbs at the end of the sentence, but conjugate the same way. Sure, yeah, so it's absolutely. easier to rhyme. Like if you're using like in Japanese, like all the masus, you can you can use. You sure. Rhyme Masu with Masu every time, or I wonder if that's kind of looked down upon. And I haven't really gotten into Japanese rap or songwriting. Boy, so. that's a great question. Yeah, I don't know. Interesting. But, I mean, the, the Japanese songs I know they almost never do that, so it must yeah. be like, you know, kind of shitty, uh, kind verboten, of, like, phoning yeah. it in. Yeah, interesting. I like Spanish. Um, Spanish has a lot of like verb conjugations. That yeah, amos. You could do a lot of amoses together. I'm sure yeah. it would sound great. Um, because I, I think probably the challenge there is, you know. When you say, you know, uh, uh, a longer verb, you, you have to rhyme the first part of it as well. Mm. Obviously, not just the almost or else it's going to be you shitty. Go. Uh, I'm, I'm making up rules for a language I don't speak <laughs> for rappers <laughs> I will never listen to. <laughs> well, the only rapper I've heard is the Dutch rapper Longa Franz. Oh, Longa Franz and Alex. Man. And says, uh, Auf Wiederschnitzel, which I think is one of my favorite. <laughs> That's very funny. I like He's that a, good a lot. Man. Um, my favorite part of the song is slightly before the ending, my least favorite part of the song, where I love endings like this, where you start, uh, like layering things. Mm-hmm. So it's when they, you know, they layer the, uh, it's come undone's with have another look around near the end. Mm-hmm. That's so fun. And so it feels like the big, like ending of a musical, like we're, we're looping back in the chorus and the pre-chorus and the, mm-hmm. you know, other songs. Come on down. 
I, I think they could have maybe tossed in a couple believe me's in there too, just for good measure. <laughs> just put it all in there. Why the fuck not? Morning. Why not? Yeah, uh, fucking why not? <laughs> We're on the same page here. Um, yeah, that would have been great. But instead, uh, you know, it's I think it's it's good as it is. It's it's some good stuff. Um, Evbo, I mm-hmm. think. That might be all I have for this song. Yeah, did you see the live versions? I did the, see a the couple thousand live, live versions. They did this song a lot. Well, I think they did a lot of this album a lot. Like they, yeah. think they were on. They were on like the uh, hey, we're still a band tour where like their studio put them out forever, and they were on like you know we've talked about it before, like the Cincinnati Rib Cookoff. Yeah, yeah, and I think a lot of it was. Steve just left and we don't quite know how to do these songs without him. So let's just play a bunch of our new mm. songs instead. Right. So until they figured it out, I think in later what tours, they were really hit beaten streets for the new album. Yeah. I think oh, that's for what it sure. was. Like they were on like the, the full on tour, the full on yeah. book tour. It was a, it was a press press junket. Yeah. They had, you know, they were on the, they made their whole one hour special. They did all sorts of stuff. Um, yeah, I watched a couple. Uh, Canadian TV AM or Canada TV AM. They yeah, were on a morning show. Yeah, where yeah. Ty- Tyler just stands there with his hands in his pockets the whole time and then pulls out a little shaker. A little egg shaker, the egg you know, shaker like, boy. Hey, man, you can be here too. Yeah. <laughs> Poor Ty. Can you imagine how emasculating that must be? Like, we have a humongous band and then we're on a big Canadian national TV show and I have to stand here with my hands in my pockets 90% of the time. Yeah, and that he sucks. Even all the ha- like, he looks just He just looks bored and yeah. kind of like awkward. Yeah, sucks to be tied. You know, he's part of the band, though. And then Kevin with his fucking leaning in to do those willowy moans. Sucks, yeah. And he's wearing sunglasses the whole time, too, which is very bizarre. Um, but this song is kind of a great, like, traveling song with those dual guitars. Yeah. Uh, I, I kind of like it's the acoustic little, it's version. It's got a little walking, uh, it's got a little walking uh, tempo. Yeah, I like that. But, you know, as I watched, you know, five or six of these live shows, I kept wanting to do some them to do something fun or goofy or weird. You know what I mean? Like... It felt like they were a, just a radical sea change from the band they were two years ago. I don't think this is a goofy song, though. I bet they, if they had a, I bet they do goofy, weird stuff for summertime, right? Maybe. I don't Living know. Living it like... up. Filling a cup. <laughs> Down to California. <laughs> 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 uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I watched a couple summertimes, too, and I don't necessarily recall anything weird, but maybe I'm wrong. But I don't think so. Um they were four still playing four boys one mic <laughs> they were still playing this song as of 2016 live and in 2020 ed played it as part of a live stream uh for oh. his quarantine series um mm-hmm. usually i'm very excited for when he does these because he'll say like he'll give like a little bit of trivia like um before this song, i was i, so I, I kind of paged through the live stream to see where he's saying it and slightly before it he did take it outside and he gave this whole story. He was like, originally I wanted to call this song Settle It Out or Settle Outside, but Steve convinced me that it should be called Take It Outside because Settle Outside mm-hmm. sounded weird. And I think Steve was right and he had a good idea here. And I was like, fuck yeah. What's he going to say about Ordinary? And he's like, so this next song was requested by uh, Blobby. And then he plays Ordinary. And he's like, that, that was a, I remember that song. And then he moves on to the next song. <laughs> it sucks. I hate that. Hey, wait. That, I remember that song. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> Wait a second. How did I do that? I just figured it all out. The um, ghost is back. <laughs> it was kind of a bummer. And it, it it was just like, I don't know, just a song. I don't know. Who requests Ordinary? Uh, someone who's listened to all the fucking songs. Yeah. It was like live or, stream or number somebody seven. somebody who, who, for this, like, who, 
life their life experience resonates with the through through line of the song like yeah. somebody who has loved and lost because of their own failings yeah yeah i guess that makes sense if you if you can sympathize with the narrator uh boy hey uh steve uh, has become tired <laughs> with his his uh live at home concert series um and so his new thing that he's doing now is he's playing full albums straight through so this next live at home concert series which you folks mm-hmm. will have heard two weeks ago three weeks ago at this point he's doing all of gordon and then he's doing oh. all of maybe you should drive number one i'm very excited to hear him do uh ed's vocals for some of these songs and i hope our mysterious friend posts them on youtube because i want spider spider in my room cannot wait to hear that shit but also i'm really excited when he gets to all in good time and uh, I want to drink your blood and get my, <laughs> put my evil inside you. I want like I just I'm ex- I I I almost want to tune in to some of those live from homes just to hear like what he says about them and like this one Jim went off the wall and he gave himself a frontal lobotomy and here's uh, I love you. Jim threatened to kill all of us if we didn't <laughs> let him put I love you on the fucking album. I just I'm really excited to hear what he does with those. And, and we and know he, he would do it because he got away by got away with killing his last band. <laughs> They've the... still never found the perpetrator who yeah. murdered all those uh, um, high, high school yeah. kids. I guess <laughs> that it's I'm I'm very excited to hear that. Um, was it were there any other live things that stood out to you here? No, they were just kind of like, like there was the one where it was just a close up of Ed's face and you got yeah. to see how old he was, which made me sad. Yeah, boy, our boys like, are getting old. Yeah. And then there was like a couple with just terrible audio quality at the Hamilton yeah. Palace Theater. And that was yeah. it. Because I mean, like folks... you said, they didn't really do anything with this song. They just sang it. Yeah. Which is lot, fine. A lot of folks on digital cameras uh, mm-hmm. recording the All in Good Time tour, it seems like, which is weird. Yeah. Um, Ebbo, mm-hmm. I think it's about time that you beam me to space, my friend. What and I'm sci-fi? gonna beam you to space with the power of my emotions. With the power of emotions. <laughs> uh, tell me, what sci-fi movie is this like? This, of course, is about 2006's Darren Aronofsky directed. Darren Aronofsky directed Hugh Jackman, Rachel Weisz starring The Fountain. I've never heard of The Fountain. You never tell heard me of about fountain? The Fountain. It was such a big. It was such a big like splooch. Uh, um, <laughs> does that mean there were hot people in it? <sighs> I mean, Hugh Jackman and Rachel Weiss are both pretty hot. Yeah, so, uh, I don't know Rachel Weiss even. Oh, she was the lead in The Mummy. Um, oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, she's a... I really liked her. Yeah. Um, I mean, I like her because she's still acting. I don't oh, know why I said like... Splooch indeed. Oh, she's yeah. married to Daniel Craig even. How about that? Mm-hmm. Oh, she was engaged to Darren Aronofsky while this film was yep. happening. <laughs> yep, thank you. I'll just cross that note off my... Uh... <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> Go ahead. You want uh, so... to talk about how they use mac- macro photography of uh, fluid dynamics to get the uh, after effects for I'd a movie? You want to talk about that to. too? Sure, sure, sure. Um, uh, what's so this the, movie about? The Fountain is a, a series of three nested narratives, all starring Hugh Jackman as, as the same kind of soul through time and space. Uh, my favorite, obviously, is the one where he plays a conquistador um, in the New World, attacking a Mayan ziggurat, essentially, <laughs> uh, on behalf of Isabella of Spain, because she's being held captive by a uh, um, nasty old Catholic priest during the Inquisition. Okay. Um, but then it uh, so these are all interspersed stories, so it cuts back and forth between them. the The main story, I guess, would be Hugh Jackman playing Tom Chicho or Kiko or Creo. I don't remember his last name. Um, <laughs> I think it's Chicho, but uh, he's a he's a doctor who is losing his wife uh, to brain cancer. His wife, played by, of course, uh, Rachel Weiss, and she, Rachel Weiss also plays Isabella of Spain, and she also okay. plays like a um, an AI in the future. One, oh, that's cool. 
Um, so it's just the two of them, and he's refusing to give up on her. Um, so he's wasting time. Uh, so basically, this is why this is this is the reason why I think that Ed wrote ordinary about this movie is uh, he's like refusing to give up uh, and keeps trying to find ways to cure her rather than spend time with her. Oh. Um, so in lieu of um, spending time with him, like her last days with him, because she's accepted that she's going to die, but he sure. hasn't. Um, she writes a story called The Fountain, which is the first, which is the story about the conquistador and Isabella of Spain. So you're not sure which which of the narratives is nested or not. Um, and then the last narrative is fucking Hugh Jackman flying through space in a bubble forever. What? <laughs> He's like a a little shaved little dude flying in a magical bubble spaceship through space, uh, performing like mental gymnastics. And his goal is to like... He's flying, and the only other thing in this bubble with him is this AI, uh, Rachel Weiss's AI, and then also a tree. Um, and I think he's trying to, the tree represents her, and the tree represents loss and whatnot. And he's trying to, like, find the solution. Like, all of these are trying to keep a keep a woman alive. It's about him, about the the, man, the Hugh Jackman character not letting go. Wait, wait. Um, I understand the narrative of, in the present day, that what's happening. And then she writes the story about the, what's mm-hmm. happening in the past. But how do we how do we shift to this future narrative? good question okay. buddy and that's one of the <laughs> fundamental flaws with the movie is okay. that like it's kind of like it, it's a big swing right <laughs> okay, sure interesting so, yeah so he's like uh so darren aronofsky has been like uh, done interviews about this and he's like yeah i saw the matrix and i wanted to redefine sci-fi just like that but for like <laughs> oh, no. a highbrow thing and i mean it's a good movie like it's 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 one of those just like ordinary it's more of like it's more of an exploration of like a tone and a feeling than any. So if you go into it looking for coherent storytelling and like something that's going to be like, Oh yeah, that makes a hundred percent sense on right. all levels. You're not okay. going to get that. Um, it was originally going to be star star um, Brad Pip and Kate Blanchett uh-huh. um, as the Hugh Jackman and Rachel Weiss characters respectively, but they backed out and then with them went most of the money. So Darren Aronofsky like had to do the whole movie with half the budget. Oh boy. And that's where he got into the macro photography. Cause they were originally going to do a lot of like CGI and stuff. But the, it's really cool. Like the macro photography is like uh, they got just a dude to like brew up like alchemical mixtures and like bacteria soups and stuff like that. And they just videotaped it. Like they just got like a camera really, really, really close, like to the macro level. Yeah. So they're just like videotaping this and then they just play it like on a back screen. So like Hugh Jackman is literally flying in like a bubble that they That's videotaped. so weird. So it's a, and it's a really cool, like visually, it's really a really cool yeah. movie. And it deals with a lot of themes and a lot of, like, interesting stuff. Um, and, like, uh, of course, Ordinary, the most important thing is the uh, soundtrack, the songs. The sure. handful of songs. The melody makes up your mind. I mean, this is a, this is Clint Mansell and the Kronos Quartet. Um, oh, love Clint Mansell. In sort of, a, in sort of like, a, like a, post, a post-rock sort of a thing. Yeah, it's, it's just a, it's a great soundtrack. And I wow. think if you, if you haven't even heard, if you haven't seen the movie, you've probably heard the soundtrack. Like, I think if you, we're going to put a little bit of it in right here. It's a great movie. Yeah, I, I would. Like, yeah, just like uh, it's a it's a goodish movie. It's a great movie with a lot of flaws, just like ordinary. Okay, I need to watch it sometime. This sounds wonderful. Yeah, sounds like a a, a blast. Is, has there ever been a movie where, like Darren Aronofsky said, I watched The Matrix and wanted to redefine sci-fi? Has there ever been a movie where somebody was like, I want to make, like the best movie ever, and then made anything but 
a stinky poo poo. I guess this one. But I feel like most of the best movies ever are like, I think this is a really good film after I've made it. Like, I feel like I have a solid script and great actors. But, like, setting out to be like, this is it. I'm going to fucking, like, change the game, baby. (laughs) That's a recipe for disaster. Well, I mean, like, big name directors. I feel like George Lucas, M. Night Shyamalan. Sure. um, What the fuck else? Uh, Spielberg and, like, Michael Bay. Like, they go into every movie like that. Like, oh, here I go. Here yeah. I go again. Yeah. And then they just like slowly start unzipping their pants. <laughs> do, do you think it's weird that Hugh Jackman is an actor and his name is Hugh Actman? Um, I thought it was Hugh Jacktman. Oh, Hugh Jacktman. Oh, he's just yeah. very, very strong. Well, he's very small, actually. He's a very little short guy. I thought but, that's uh, why people uh, opposed his casting as Wolverine because Wolverine is short and he is not short. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. It's a mystery to all of us. Okay, do you think if I click on his Wikipedia entry, it'll tell me how tall he is? No, it does not. Okay, well, we tried our best. Um, Let me just uh, quickly Google. Uh, he is uh, three foot seven. <laughs> wow! No, that's he's incredible. he's six foot. He's six foot three. He's big. He's okay. a big boy. And uh, his net worth is how tall? How tall is Hugh Jackman? Weight is also the thing. <laughs> Hugh Jackman weight equals 195 to 205 pounds. While potentially weighing over 200 pounds may seem like a lot, you have to realize he was six foot three, uh, that's which incredible. is well above average. That's very funny. Uh, oh goodness! Why, why, why did that come up? Who gives a shit? For some reason, uh, this is interesting to no one. My uh, search has defaulted to Bing. So just FYI, check oh, your yuck. check your bookmarks, check your search engine, check all that stuff. You got to do it every so often. Um, okay. In any case, uh, Ebo, I think it's about time that we rate this song. We rate this song, Ev, as you know, on a scale of bare naked to fully clothed. The more clothes this song is wearing, the worse it is. The fewer, the better. So Ev, if you do us the favor of rating this song, I would be delighted at the chance to hear it i'm not done <laughs> go ahead i'm not saying it. Oh, are, are you done <laughs> i am done lazy day sunday afternoon time to put your feet up watch tv you are i am i had a lot to drink last night hungover i've uh, pounded some vitamins but i, I also drank a lot of water so i'm mm. hungover but not like brutally hungover so okay. i can still go about my day do my thing but you know, I'm not going anywhere, I, right? Now, now, usually I, I try not to be like, hey, I'm, I'm, we're, we're talking about a review, not real life. But is that your state today? Because you seem like you might be a little hungover. Don't tell me what I am. Okay, I'm asking. <laughs> Never mind. Keep going. Just, uh, just imagine my default state is always a little bit hungover. <laughs> okay, gotcha. And you'll, you'll get along with me a lot better. Um, so yeah, I'm a little bit hungover. I spend, I make a, a nice big breakfast for me and my boy um and but i get up i stretch uh take my shower my morning shower um slap on an old t-shirt that's like a the it's like willow to <laughs> willow in new, willow lost in new york rise of the it's got trees. a picture of it's got a picture of warwick davis with his sure. arms spread and then like the pig in the city background <laughs> okay got it um but it's all it's all i don't wear it outside anymore because it's like a it's an old shirt i like a lot and it's like starting to peel and stuff uh-huh, like that so i just uh-huh. wear it around the house you know and then I put on an old pair of comfy shorts. Um, they are ripped to shit. My old cargo shorts that I wouldn't be caught like dead outside wearing. They've got holes in them. Uh, they have the things ripped off. And then I'll, I'll, uh, I go barefoot, as, as is my want, my glasses. And I'm just uh, enjoying my fucking day at home uh, in an outfit I wouldn't really want anybody to see me in. But it's, it's total comfort. Sure. And that's, the, that's my rating of this song. Like, uh, you know, I wouldn't like... 
I wouldn't go to bat for ordinary. Right. But, you know, if I'm just farting around the house, it's a it's a t-shirt and shorts song. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I could see that. Boy, this is hard for me because I don't. All right, so here's here's my rating. Uh, I am. Uh, oh, okay. I'm going on. Uh, I'm popping both Sufjan Stevens and Pop and Lock. I'm popping and locking. I am doing a little dance because Sufjan Stevens and the Red Hot Chili Peppers are both on the stereo, and I am visiting each state. And I'm listening to the Red Hot Chili Peppers song for that state. And I'm listening to the Sufjan Stevens album for each state. Uh, and from each state, I am also buying just a little souvenir, just a little token something or other. Um, and I'm, I'm trying to make it token. I'm trying to make it small. Maybe a ring, maybe a bracelet, maybe a, an anklet, um, perhaps a hat. The states that I really love, I'm buying a shirt. Or you know, so you got your big, you got your big stars and bars on for Georgia. You know I do, my friend. You yeah. got your MAGA hat on for uh, for you know, uh, Florida, North Dakota. Sure. What are the what's the highest COVID state? I think it's uh, Nebraska. Uh, that's my boy, Nebraska. There's only like five hundred thousand people in Nebraska, and they all have COVID, yeah, <laughs> unfortunately. <all> um, <laughs> and uh, I so so I think I'm at the end of the road trip, and I'm pulling back to Ohio, and I'm wearing a full set. So I have a t-shirt and a long sleeve shirt under it. I have yoga pants and I'm wearing shorts over them. And I also have like, you know, a ring on each finger and like a bracelet and a wrist guard and a fucking hat and a necklace, a couple necklaces with some charms on them and a bracelet on my ankle. So like, I'm not overly dressed. I'm, I'm definitely showing very little skin, but I think I just have 50 small things on. I have 50 small things on. I'm, you know, it's like a, a, a long sleeve day otherwise. Um, I don't think this song is special. In fact, I think this song is very ordinary. Um, if they had nailed the ending, maybe I'd have gone to 10 fewer states. But unfortunately, they did what they did, and I have to deal with the consequences of that. And that's what it is. Just like life. <laughs> to deal with the consequences. <laughs> We'll be just right like the just like the red states. <laughs> we'll be right back with more. It's all been done. A Bare Naked Ladies podcast. Hey Evan. Yeah. Well, I'm trying to figure out what I would ride. <laughs> yeah. Do you do you ride a car? You ride, you ride in a car. In a car. I'm talking sure. about like if I was like some sort of like fantastical paladin. What sure. would my mount be? What would your mount be? Because I'm not gonna go. I mean, if you're if you're in a fantasy setting, I mean, you can go with the old standby, the warhorse. But like, or you could go like edgy and ride like a velociraptor. Yeah. Even though velociraptors were like the, the size of chickens. I see. Um, I see you as either high fantasy, like a rock, like you ride a, a or total fucking weirdo, like you're riding a uh, awakened uh, rock. Uh, and, and by rock, I mean uh, a stone that is rolling, and you have to balance on top of it. So it's either a rock or a rock for you as a paladin. I see you. I see you riding um, something that appears mundane at first blush, mm. like a like a horse or like an auroch or something okay. like that, like an ox. But it's like voiced by Eddie Murphy, <laughs> so sure. it, it keeps up a constant like stream of sure. like Eddie Murphy, and it's like. 
Eddie Murphy and Robin Williams and I'm trying to think of and like Zach Galifianakis yeah. and like everyone who can who just has that like manic stream of Tom Arnold like all those comedians with like a manic stream of consciousness uh, ramble yeah uh, Paula Poundstone okay and, oh, uh, I want done you sold me on that one I want Paula Poundstone to voice my uh, my fucking horse my donkey my burrow oh my god what that's... kind of animal what, what kind of animal would Paula Poundstone be um Boy, what a great question. I feel like she would be like a minor bird or something that just sits on your shoulder and just chirps and chirps. Oh, so you're and talking chirps. about a familiar, so you're not talking about. I, well, I mean, that's what, fine. That's you just fine. asked me what animal she would be. I mean, okay. if, if she was a rideable animal, fuck. Like, I think she would be like a, uh, a horse, but instead of hooves, she has human hands. Yeah, that's good. I do like that. Um, or she would be like some sort of like sea creature like maybe a giant seahorse who uh i don't know she she's just been awoken and she's just learned about human culture and speech and just can't stop talking about it well she knows a lot about it she's makes some i mean she makes some pretty well observational humor it's, right? but it's all so observational a, it's she sees uh, a thing and then she observes and talks about what she sees like hey uh but, but some, she was awakened and also given a in-depth understanding of comedic structure. <laughs> yes. Well, I mean, I think the seahorse comedy okay. just kind of naturally transfers the human comedy. So you are a you're a chimeromancer. You're a uh, you're a wizard who who goes around and just awakens animals. I gotta what, say. So you're awakening like a a, a, a um, let's say a um, squirrel. Sure. You're just awakening awakening a random squirrel. What gift do you give it? Okay. Uh, do I have a list of options, or can I give it any gift? You can give it any any gift, but it's like a you, you awaken it. You give it. It it's now has the intelligence of a like has a hundred IQ now, like a perfectly standard human intelligence. Sure. And now you're giving it like comedic timing. You're giving it like a oh. uh, fascin an, an obsession with uh, um, fanfic. Oh, like what I are you? See, that's not a gift. That's a curse. Um, I would give it a um, a, a an encyclopedic understanding of the book. 660 curries so it knows how to make just every fight you want a fish curry you got it you want a lentil curry it's yours chickpeas buddy don't i know it um and i think maybe it doesn't have the hands to prepare these things but that's what makes it like a powerful familiar um is that it can just perch on you it's rat i'm making ratatouille i think is perhaps what i'm creating which is a real bummer um what what gift would you give your awakened familiar Probably an appreciation for, uh, let's say, 80s uh, new, wave, new Wave. Sure. A an appreciation or a knowledge of? Does it just oh, like no, it? A, a sincere appreciation okay. for 80s New Wave. <laughs> it's interesting because we're both giving our creatures things that they could probably get on their own. They could mm -hmm. buy the book. They could just listen to New Wave and be like, I like this. In fact, you're almost doing a bad thing by telling them what they love. Right, yeah. I didn't say I was good wizard. Okay. I'm evil. <laughs> you are neutral evil wizard who just does what he does. Okay, interesting. Yeah, I suppose that's uh, that's sad in a lot of ways. You weren't born... Yeah. Do you think you were born with a predisposition to love anything? Oh, hell yeah. Really? I, that, I mean, I used to be 60-40 nurture nature. Now I'm 40-60. Once you had a kid? Yeah, once I had a kid because, you know, 
he is so into the things he's into. Sure. And I mean, I feel like I feel like I was always into the things I was into, even before I knew what they were. Sure. Right. I was always into fantasy and gaming and things like that. But also, my my father sort of nurtured that. Yeah. But I feel like even in the absence, but then I'm gonna get back to that like ultimate reality Evan thing. I want to meet a lot of other versions of myself right. to see like what what part of me is is a through line to my like in, in as much as a soul exists like what what is my soul yeah yeah and does a soul exist if there are alternate versions of you because is a soul just split amongst all of you or is it do you each have your individual souls yeah good question and where do you when you all go to heaven do you meet up and have a party or do you go to alternate heavens <laughs> crisis on infinite heavens um heavens and heavens oh i love it so much <laughs> what a nice thought that would lull me to sleep tonight thinking of my good friend evan enjoying his time in heaven with all of his other evan friends um evo do you know what else feels like heaven to look at and to listen to to look at with your ears to look at with your ears that would be they them theirs that's right they them theirs joe and rain are non-binary and once a month they sit down and talk about what that means we're here we're queer let's talk about it the latest episode, uh, episode 18, Fibrous Husks for All, um, is uh, this month Rain and Casey sit down to discuss how trans Digimon are, talk more comics, gender in Star Trek, and of course, Now You See Me Too. Uh, boy, that sounds like a lot of fun. Digimon, yep. Star Trek, Now You See yeah, Me. That, those are the three nerd identities. You're either a Digimon nice. fan, a Star Trek fan, or a Now You See Me fan. <laughs> As I've, I've been at conventions. I've so you're, a, you're a Digimon fan, right? Yeah, I, I've, I used to dabble in Now You See Me, um, but uh, yeah, I am a Digimon boy nowadays. Yeah, I would say, yeah, in as much as I'm one of those, it would be Star Trek, I, for sure. You know, I, I feel like I knew that about you. Um, oh, this discussion of the Star Trek episode, The Outcast, includes fictional depictions of discussions of electroshock therapy and conversion therapy. Is oh, the wow. new Star Trek series, like, super queer? It's more queer than any other Star Trek series ever but That's created. That's very little queer, though, isn't it? I mean, Star Trek's pretty conventional, if I understood it correctly. Star Trek's always been been progressive in, like, for, for a sci-fi show, sure. I should say. I mean, it's no, like, it's no, like, Altered Carbon or, like, Sensate, but, right. like, you know, it's, it's, as far as a long-running uh, um, IP, I think Star Trek has always been in the forefront in a lot of ways yeah. of representation okay. so which always which is which makes me laugh every time like that a new s- series comes out and there are people like not my star trek <laughs> sure yeah they don't understand what it is that's true because it had the first uh what, what was what, aluru was a uh uh, uh, uh uhura what's aluru <laughs> Uluru is uh, that's a the mountain big, in um, australia isn't it yeah that big <laughs> plateau in the middle of australia <laughs> back yeah <laughs> What was the distinction? Was it first uh, black woman in a, a, a sci-fi series, or that and uh, first interracial kiss between her oh, and Lynn yeah, Shatner? Yeah, that's on TV. right. Oh wow, that's cool. All right, so fibrous husks for all this week on They Them Theirs. And we're back with more. It's all been done. A bare naked ladies podcast. Now's the time in the show when we stop high on that wheel and see what we're gonna say to our friends. This week. Wait, our what? Our friends? Our fans? Our? <laughs> our flaccid little fuckers. Um, oh, this one is... Okay, I'm never going to push you again. <laughs> Peterborough and the Kawarthas. You oh. and the narrator of this song are going on vacation. Where do you go and what do you do? 
Huh. So again, we kind of have to suss this person out. Who are they? What are they all about? So this person just went through a really nasty divorce or breakup. I don't think it was super nasty. I think it was just like they grew apart and it's one of those where he comes home and he's like, doesn't think anything's wrong. And then his partner is just like, yeah, I want a divorce. Ooh, okay. I think it was like, it was very, it was surprising, traumatizing, but also somewhat you know, expected it's, it's a twist that when you look back you mm. see it okay it's foreshadowed you okay. yeah you're like oh god i get it i get sure. it now. sure 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 um interesting so are we are we this are we this person's friend or are we uh do we, are we trying to seduce him are we inviting him on no, vac- not trying to seduce him okay well that's listen a different, that's a different spin he's been married for so long and i've always kind of had my eye on him and now that he's divorced yeah. i'm gonna take him on vacation and see what happens um okay all right so so it's not a seduction but i think we're like a uh, um a high school friend that hasn't talked to him in like 20 years and then out of the fucking blue he reaches out to us oh um interesting or maybe a college friend or something we both went to like because this guy i feel like is a i always feel like this guy's a tech bro or something so we went to like you know cornell together why where did you where does tech bro come from here do you think because he's i feel like he's rich okay Okay, no and other explanation. Kind of a kind of like blind. Okay, sure, sure. Like so uh yeah, he's like a failed tech bro. Yeah. Like, a Mark, like I said, like a Martin Shkreli yeah, okay. character. I could see that. All right. So he's uh he's yeah, he's mortgaged basically his sure. entire self. I mean, so he's trying to recon- reconnect with his like a, a more pure time, at least what he thinks is. So he's like, Hey, Saker Evan, remember that time we got super drunk off of Harry Buffalo's and threw our neighbor's sandals off the porch. <laughs> okay. And we vaguely maybe remember that memory. Um, all right. So, so he says, do you want to go? So he proposes it cause he's the rich one. Now we graduated from yeah. MIT and got shitty jobs. Um, but he moved on to become, uh, yeah, we're like, we're like programmers and we're making a, a middle, a middle class like lifestyle. Okay. He went on to like, um, double the price of insulin so sure he says uh come out to cupertino with me and we will take my yacht out on the open international waters oh fuck yeah because because he's getting divorced so half of his stuff is going to go to his uh oh, so he's got to use his it, baby. partner so he's like he's like yeah this is my big blowout you know i'm gonna you know before i have to give half of this stuff away yeah uh, all the money I've got, I hired, I've bought only the finest canapes. Uh, I've hired, <laughs> I've hired a dancer, uh, hired acrobat troops, uh, Cirque du Soleil, private show for us on my yacht. They're going to fall off. They don't have the proper safety precautions. It's going to be a blast. Um, so I guess the question is, would you go? So this is a, like a high school friend mm-hmm. who was always kind of awkward or a college friend who was always kind of awkward. And you know, he's become kind of a shitty person um but and you have to spend like a week with him and you haven't seen him in 10 years and but he's willing to pay for everything and that also that would also make me uncomfortable if he's just like buying everything yeah i think the only way i could do it is if i like dehumanize him wow yeah i'm gonna take advantage i'm gonna take advantage of this This dude has just gone through a really hard time and he used right, to be our friend. Asshole. Why is he? An, because he, he's Martin Shkreli. Okay, we've decided yes. that's who he is. Okay, yeah. Well, that, no. If he's if he's if he's literally a a monster, figuratively a monster, then no. If, of course, I'm not going to go. But if this is just some rich friend who's trying to reconnect with me and is willing to pay for everything, fuck yeah, I'm in. Why not? Like that sounds like fun. Um, but I believe the question of is where do you go? What do you do? So we have to take the vacation. <sighs> I feel like he takes us to like Southeast Asia, like sure, 
He's like, hey, you want to go on this island and blow up a cow with a fucking Uzi? <laughs> sure, yeah. Shoot a, baz- shoot a bazooka at a water buffalo? Oh, yeah. Oh, this is, yeah, absolutely. So he wants to go and do things that, like, he, he wants to desensitize himself in a lot of ways. He wants to feel nothing because he feels everything right now. I think he just wants to have a good time. And I think he's lost he's lost the connection with what a good time actually is. Yeah. I feel like in international waters, maybe on the way there or back, he kills one of the Cirque du Soleil members and throws him overboard uh, and oh, wow. tries to get us involved in this. Well, he just, he wants, he wants uh, companionship and he feels like if, cover for me. if, yeah, if he, <laughs> if he, if he, uh, you know, if we are implicit in this murder, then we, we are implicitly his companions as well. Um, but I think we still have a good time. We have a good well, time. I'm not going to have a good time if I have to cover up a fucking murder. But it's but it's all you can eat canapes. I mean, she was basically nothing. <laughs> exactly. That cow did The cop matter. said it's okay. <laughs> um yeah, I don't know. So you don't think that you would I I I know. I'm I was I was up with you. I was up uh, <laughs> like I would I would definitely not like I don't want to kill any animals with bazookas and I definitely don't want to like cover up a murder so the second he like pushes this Cirque du Soleil performer off the boat I am out sure how do you get out though you can't I'm like do you, you just leave either, you leave you in Jakarta either, and, and and yeah you need to either drop me off or tie me up okay I'm like go to the police the first thing I fucking yeah. or well he kills you then and now it's just Ooh. me and well I guess I guess I, we have to kill so Saker and I have to kill him <laughs> yeah, first. okay oh shit this is a great movie it's like a killer it's, it's like a killer be killed situation Fuck, this is this could be a lot of fun this is a script I want to write Ebbo. yeah Shkreli <laughs> off the deep end <laughs> sure wait I, is that is that's our that's our best pitch can it can any of us I would just call it Martin okay okay how about Martin big trouble now <laughs> no <laughs> um Shkreli sold C Shkreli's by the Shkreli Ah, oh, fuck. I'm so tired of. And now's the point where we take an email from our friends, our fans, our humongous little hungry boys. This is an email from our friend, Riley. Hi, Riley. Hey, Riley. Hey, IABD. First of all, I want to debunk the idea that everyone who listens to your podcast is a middle-aged millennial who understands your cultural references. <laughs> I, oh, no. I am Gen Z and in my 20s. I don't know what a something about Mary situation is, and at this point, I'm too afraid to ask. But I sure do love <laughs> Bare Ladies and still find your podcast very entertaining. That said, I must admit that most of my friends and none of the teens that I know are very into BNL. So, I want to hear your marketing pitches for how the band can rebrand to appeal to the youths. Thanks, Riley M. Oh, shit. This is good. I love this question. So, Riley wants us to rebrand. First of all, I would lean into the fucking name. It's edgy. It's Mm -hmm. wild. It's weird. And what do people love more in this OnlyFans culture than Bare Naked Ladies? Here's the thing, like, Bare Naked Ladies, I mean, especially modern day where everyone is presumably more woke, mm-hmm. like, do you think that'll fly as well? Um, Just naming the band Bare Naked Ladies when none of them are ladies? Is that what you're saying? Yes, and, like, uh, fronting, I mean, I I understand it's a silly, it's a silly joke, and, like, you know, that sort of thing, but at the same time, like, if you're coming out of the gate with the ba- name Bare Naked Ladies nowadays... yeah. Uh, and none of the and none of the band is ladies and you're fronting female nudity like 
Yeah. As a joke. Yeah. Like I don't I don't again, I don't know. Okay. So this is a these are two two aging millennials trying to to see what the kids are into nowadays. So how would you uh, let's start with updating the name Bare Naked Ladies. Uh let me pitch this to you. How about E-girls vaping? What do you think about the name <laughs> E-girls vaping? I I think fucking gold okay, man e-girls e-girls vaping okay good um is a new is a, is a new one okay ed robertson fronts e-girls vaping which is a great band name uh what do we do about the band we have a bunch of like 50 year olds in this band we put them in costumes like mask singer shit. okay you just said two words that got me hooked my friend mask singer all right i am in so but is there a mask singer aspect where they have to guess who is in the suits every night or I don't think so. I think it's more like a more like a kiss thing where you can't tell how old kiss is because of all the makeup. Sure, okay. So we want to we want to hide how old they. What are. if we go the tech route and this is more of a gorillas band where Ed and the boys mm. are behind the scenes and out in front is the holograms that represent the 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 band. I don't know. Like do tech do that does that ever work? Like gorillas made it work and like like Death Clock from Metalocalypse kind of made it work right. but like I those like those like weird like hollow bands. I always feel like I'm getting cheated when I try to see well, them. Well, I think maybe the idea is that I, I I don't think they are good at replicating like Tupac or Elvis, but I think they mm-hmm. are good at creating a fictional. So I think we really do. I like your idea of a mascot, you know? So maybe we just have four goofball mascots playing the instruments, just like the gorillas sort of up on stage. Right, so are, are we trying to appeal to Gen Z or are we trying to appeal to like whatever comes after Gen Z, like the tweens? Oh, Cause shit. I feel like if you're getting like goofball mascots, like, I don't know. Okay. So unless you make them, unless you make them ironic in such a, in like a, in a, um, Okay. In a weird way. Okay. How would you how would you make like uh 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 fucking um what is that Nickelodeon show with uh the Aquabats? Hey diddle diddle, nope. Good god, I've lost the train of thought on this one. How do you make a mascot yeah. costume ironic? Maybe just put like hmm. they are they're all wearing strap ons. Like we know that this is this ain't meant for kids. You think it's meant for kids, but this ain't meant for kids. So you want them to get you want them to get edgy. I I think maybe the edginess is gonna help. I think Gen Z likes the edginess. Yeah, and they're like I don't know they're in a uh, like Billie Eilish like featuring Billie <laughs> Eilish. Like I don't know what we're talking about here. No no no. I like your your. It's like the rap break that they sing one week sure. and then like and then Tyler the Creator Billie... comes on the stage and fucking... no, it cuts to it cuts to Billie Eilish like doing one of her like breathy spoken word sure. things instead of the instead of the Ed rap breakdown. Sure 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 absolutely. Uh yeah, boy, I think we may have nailed it. E girls vaping. They all look like the Philly fanatic with a giant prosthetic dog, <laughs> and Billie Eilish is there for some reason. <laughs> Holy fuck! This sounds like a band and a half. I love it. Well, they've got to have, and they've got to have a um, a really strong web presence. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe there's an ARG associated with them, where you know, is that what kids are into no, these that's days? What, ARGs? That's what Saker's into. I'm that's an aging, into. I'm an yeah, aging yeah. millennial. <laughs> all right. So, what do the kids like out of their web presence? There's, I think, like the all the songs they put out are between thirty and seventy seconds long, so they can all be on like they're perfect for TikTok uh, dancing. A TikTok, yes. or, yeah, 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 absolutely. Did you know that's the new Paola? is uh people labels are paying like hundreds of thousands of dollars to like tiktok influencers to dance to their songs on tiktok (laughs) and uh, that's how songs are getting popular uh interesting so yeah maybe there isn't a band maybe it's just a bunch of tiktok influencers i don't mind that maybe it's just a concept Maybe, maybe we just think of, of e-girl vaping and become happy. But maybe, so where does the money... Yeah, that's the thing. Okay, so here's the thing. There is the, 
the songs come out, but nobody knows who the band is. That's you good. just know that this is an e-girl vaping song. That's good. So there, so that's the ARG is trying to find out who these people are. So where, it's like a QAnon. Where does the money <laughs> situation? I, I understand where the money goes. The money goes into TikTok, but where does it come from? Do we sell merch? Yeah, you sell merch. You sell you sell songs and downloads and things like that. Okay, like they're on all the songs are on Spotify and shit. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, and maybe we sell vape cartridges. Oh yeah, and you uh, they're like Fortnite. Fortnite dances, sure, and yeah, skins. Yeah. yeah, you can. Okay, okay, okay. I like this. Maybe the vape cartridge. Maybe the vape cartridge is part of the clue for the ARG. You have to identify the mystery yeah. flavor, and that's going to clue you in. You plug it into the website, and once you've identified it's a churro, you can get to the next step in who are e-girl vaping. I think you're going a little too far, but that's okay. That's okay. It's Saker, Saker loves his little his little doodad. It's plops. branded content. This is good. I like it. Okay, did we figure it out? Well, they're just a. They're, the band itself is just a marketing for vapes. Yeah. Vape juice. <laughs> in the in the end, it, it all end, it all goes in, back to avail vapor. The their goal is just to sell a trillion <laughs> uh, churro flavored. <laughs> we got all these churro flavored vapes. We aren't don't selling. Know what to do with them. <laughs> Let's make a band about it. So they it. backwards. They, they this is all back content that yeah. they built out from. They started. They started with churro vapes, churro and they're vape. like, okay, we need to bring B, BNL in on this, and we need to we need to make them fresh again. <laughs> well, that's. I don't think we've ever answered a question more perfectly in the history of this <laughs> podcast. Hope that answers. There you it. go, Riley. Are you interested? <laughs> See if you can sell your friends on Yeah, this. please tweet us, Riley, and, and tell us whether that was good or not. Oh, Ebo. We did it, my friend. What a great Ebo. Um, you can catch us on Twitter at Pod. Catch us on Facebook. It's all been on American Ladies Podcast. Our Discord is in the show notes. You can check us out there, too. Uh, join the Patreon. We have not uploaded new content to that in a long time. And we probably... Well, it's not just our Patreon. Other people upload content That's true. to it, That's too. true. We've done That's our the part. We've done our part. Um, and uh, I suppose we'll probably do more once quarantine ends, right? That's going to make more sense. Because then we'll have yes. our big blocks again. Um, Epo. We can just get there and we can get a good afternoon blocked off and rub out like seven oh, snack time man, episodes. man, I can't wait to rub one out to snack time. What a nightmare. <laughs> uh, what do you got to plug this week, my boy? Uh, road, road signs. Okay. Any in specific or just in general? Like, you know, like, like Fast and Furious and like Gone in 60 Seconds, like all that stuff mm-hmm. where they're being chased by the police. Mm-hmm. Like, what if you just, what if before the con, they just went and took all the road signs away from all the roads they'd be driving on? So the police are chasing them. They're like, "All right, they're gonna make a they're gonna make a left turn on uh, on this road." I've I've no fucking idea what this road is called. I don't I don't know what this road is. That's, where am I? Where's anyone? <laughs> they're just it. so like, I want to see a Fast and Furious movie where they gaslight the police sure, who are chasing. Sure, that's great. Rumors are the next one's in space. Where I believe the the quote is, "There are no road signs in space." Isn't that you know you can't mm-hmm. take a left turn onto the you know the Andromeda Nebula. In space, no one can hear you drift. Dang, that if that ain't the tagline, you can never stop drifting in space. That, they're really missing an opportunity. Um, boy, oh, buddy, oh, boy. Uh, I'm going to once again plug Screen Rex. Screen Rex, that's right. Oh yeah, where you can get all your finest screen recommendations. Um, Ebo, I've been Saker. I've been and remain. At your service. <laughs> My leash. <laughs> and Evan Trebonius. Dickin. I wondered what the T stood for. I always thought it stood the for third. the. Evan the Dickin. Uh, we'll see you again in one, one week. week.
Welcome to They Them Theirs, a monthly non-binary discussion podcast. We're here, we're queer, let's talk about it. My name is Joe. And my name is Rain. We're non-binary, and once a month we sit down and we talk about gender. 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 <laughs> we talk about our experiences with gender expression, pronouns, and other parts of the trans and non-binary experience. We also talk about a lot of anime and music that we like and relate to. And our cats. Yeah. <laughs> you can listen at theorangegroves.com or search They Them Theirs on your podcast app of choice. Until next time, take care, and remember, nice gender. Thank you.